I was just in here at the computer. I just got home with the kids. So I was, uh, I was like, went and turned it on and started pulling things up so we could hear you guys. And I said, the way this works is pretty simple. We'll just have a conversation and uh, we'll listen to some of your guys' music. And if you want to give shouts out to anybody, more than welcome. I have no problem with it. Awesome. Sounds good. And you guys are from Canada, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. I get a lot of Canadians uh, on the podcast, for like even for like the weekly top 10 and for for interviews. I did not realize how big of a music scene Canada had. I, I, I think I think when you use the term music scene, I think you're being generous. But yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> there, there are a lot of artists and a lot of musicians trying um, to do their thing. Um, but to say that Canada has a music scene, I think is a very generous uh, very generous statement. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the states, man. There's like the infrastructure. Like I'm from New York City, so okay, I, I can like compare and see the difference. And it's just there's no real infrastructure here, which is kind of you know half the issue. Um, you know, like at least the states, you've got you know there's, there's a very strong music industry culture and a very strong music industry infrastructure and, and the way things should go. Here in Canada, it's it's all it's really wonky and it's it's not uh, it's not what it should be. It could be a lot better. I mean, there's a lot of talent here, and it really should be a lot a lot better, but uh, but it's not. So here we are. Yep. Now, what kind of uh, music? I mean, you guys do like a lot of more like metal and rock and stuff. So do you see that? But what's the uh, overall over? I can say overall theme of the music scene there. I mean, is it more? country is it more rock i mean do you see what do you see more of oh wow i would say in general it's probably more more country singer songwriter um type of thing like i mean there are a few canadian rock bands i guess that you know that are famous and legendary but i don't feel the scene is as strong here as you know as is in the states for the subgenres. so like your metal your emo you know your new metal all those kind of things yeah um, there, there's small pockets of supporters right so i mean but i mean like i know here for us in new brunswick i mean our population isn't that big so you know it, it's hard i mean you still find you know people who are into the music and are you know into you know whatever subgenre is of metal or whatever but they're small pockets of people okay yeah I know across the pond over there, like when I, I've got a couple of people I talked to, like from the UK and there's a heavy rock scene over there. They love rock music in the UK. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like we, we've done podcasts and we get a lot of airplay over there ourselves and it's, it's nice to know, but it's, it's, it's kind of frustrating at the same time because getting over there to, <laughs> you take advantage of that, you know, logistically and financially is, is, is such a burden, right? It just doesn't make any sense to kind of go over there, but we'd love to, we'd love to go over there and, and, you know, run the roads and play the bars and, and, you know, and, and do all that and support the music that's being played. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even stateside is a bit of a challenge for us too. You know, it's, it's, it's literally just logistics of being in Canada um, and, and getting, you know, airplay elsewhere and trying to go there and maximize that support um, is a juggling act on the best of days. We really got to pick and choose what we do and where we go. And how far away from the border are you guys? I would say Marcus, four hours, four and a half. Uh, three and yeah. a half. If uh, yeah, three and a half. I mean, we can we can cross in Calais, Maine. It would be our closest entry point. 
and then you know for, i mean i've i've i used i lived in north carolina in that for a while of course alon's from new york so you know i've, I've done the two-day drive <laughs> to, to north carolina a few times yeah um, i think one day drive to new york myself nonstop. Yeah. Than that. Yeah, I'd always make it to Danbury, Connecticut for some reason. Dan Danbury was the stop for whatever reason. But that's that's where we always made it to and then made the rest of the journey the, the following day. I know uh, we went to Maine uh, a couple years ago. My mother and my wife, her her dad, her father's up there in Maine. So we drove to Maine. And I remember driving back down through New York and we stopped at his gas station. And there's this guy trying to change his tire. And I say, try, I'm, I'm being generous. He's trying to change his tire. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting there watching him. He goes, help him. I'm like, you sure we got time? Yeah. All right. So I went over there and helped the guy. And he goes, cause we, I mean, we were driving, we were driving straight, straight home. Cause it was like a long drive. We we're just taking shifts. So I didn't know how much time she wanted. Well, I went and helped the guy and he goes, you must be from the South. And I'm like, how do you, I said, how do you know that? He says, you're the only person that came by to help. I thought, I thought it was my accent that gave it away. <laughs> Where, whereabouts are you located, Jesse? I am in uh, northwest Georgia. We are uh, right between Canton and Cartersville, about three hours from Nashville, uh, an hour from Chattanooga, hour from Atlanta. Um, nice. North well, Carolina, I think it's like a five, maybe a five-hour drive, depending on what mm. part we're trying to go to. But you're right in the heart of everything, man. That's that's like music hit central right now, Atlanta and, and – uh... All those spots right now, it seems to be the happening uh, spot from the States right now for talent. That in Texas, I guess. Texas is doing some pretty good things, too. And so it's uh, the Northeast is starting to come back, but it's it's take it's 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 slow going. It's slow going. Yeah, my uh, lead guitarist moved to Texas. So trying to find stuff for bands here is still kind of hard because they don't want to pay anymore. They just mm. they say they don't have the fun. So they do more singer songwriter or cover bands. And I'm, I'm not a cover band. I, I, yeah. I play maybe three or four covers in a set. If I do that, I do more. Perfect. I just want to play my originals. That's what I'm writing for, not to do covers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same here. I mean, yeah. you know, the buyers, same thing. I mean, they'll, they'll hire the, you know, the single acoustic guy rather than a full band. And, and then you're in, if you do want a show, then you end up, you know, hardly even breaking even on a show yeah. really because, you know, you, you'd have to take, you know, a hell of a cut in order just to be able to go out and play. So, I mean, back, I, was, I, I say this to Alon all the time, I mean, back in the 90s, even in cover bands, I mean, if you take inflation into account, you know, we, we were making six, $700 a night as a cover band. And I mean, now you'd be hard pressed to make four or 500, you know, yeah. and as, you know, once you start splitting that, you know, between four or five people, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, you know, financially it's not worth it, but I mean, you know, we've we've walked away with some gigs that are along what, like twenty bucks each, <laughs> five five bucks each, right? Uh, Literally. Yeah. Literally, I think, yeah. I, think yeah. I framed my first five dollars that I made. <laughs> yeah, but again, I mean, we, you know, we go out and you know, just because we want to get our music heard, and you know, we mm -hmm. we love playing and things like that. So I mean, yeah, I mean, we're you know, we're just starting out. I mean, yeah, we've been together for for a while, but I mean, we're just really getting into getting out and you know letting people hear us and, and playing so you know you, you have to make the sacrifices as well but at some point you just say okay i think i've sacrificed enough can we at least break even on a show yeah. <laughs> right and then i hear this this nonsense in the states about a a, a venue <clears throat> venue tax 
They won't let you sell merch in venues anymore because they want a cut of the merch because they're giving you a place to sell the merch. I have not heard that. That's if, this, yeah. if that's happened, that I didn't I hadn't seen in Georgia. That's for sure yet. In the Northeast, man, it's been a big deal. Like their their venues are charging a tax now or a fee uh-huh. to bands. So on top of them ask you know playing games with the cover charge right because venues don't like charging cover so on top of that so you spend all the money for your lights and get the bands going now they're saying they want to cut of the merch because they're like well we're giving you a place to sell the merchandise therefore we should get a cut so it's bad enough you're not getting any of the bar sales and it's bad enough that you got to split all the little bit of money you're getting now you can't even keep all of your money from merch because venues want to take a 10 to 15 percent cut uh, to sell it outside venue. sell it outside right you Hell no. <laughs> on, the, on the street you need a vendor's license to sell your anything on the street yeah just doing the back alley out of the van send them to the digital website that's what a lot of people do yeah. I, I got a buddy that's that he sings down here in georgia too and he has such a cool idea he makes these little um and hey justin welcome to the party <laughs> uh he sells these little digital um download cards instead of like selling cds and stuff he sells like digital downloads and i thought that's so cool because that's kind of where everybody they, they don't really buy cds much anymore which i i think is horrible they want to buy vinyl but vinyl is so expensive to get for a band yeah. I, I may do it for my band when we get started uh as far as like this album we're doing now maybe the last one i may push that one with vinyl but I mean, uh, it's so expensive to get it done. It is, man. It's very, very costly. We thought about that for this for this project, and it just didn't make any sense. We maybe for the full length we're working on, maybe, but mm-hmm. even still, you've got to price it at such a point in order for it to make sense, right? So yeah, you can do a short one on vinyl, but by the time you do the per unit cost, what you have to sell it at to break even is just astronomical, and only a hardcore fan is going to really buy that. Mm-hmm. There's no way you're selling that for 20, 25 bucks. You're going to have to sell it for any close to 50, if not a little bit more, just because of the cost of the vinyl and the shipping. And and so it's very, very costly, especially here with us, because we have to get it imported in, right? So we don't have vinyl manufacturers or lots of them here. So it would probably be a stateside company that would do it. And then we'd have to get them shipped. We did that for the CDs as well. We use Atomic Disc for our CDs and we had to get them shipped uh, from the states but even with the shipping it's still cheaper to do that than getting them duplicated in game see i think i would just go to like the pawn the pawn shops and the uh what they got those the little flea markets and set up a little booth and sell my damn albums <laughs> i make more money yeah <laughs> seriously seriously you gotta you gotta get really creative these days which is, is i think insane. I, I miss the old days of you know, when the public was trained to spend money on music and it wasn't so hard to, to do it. Mm-hmm. I find now you've got to, you know, be a circus clown in order to get people's attention and then hope they like your music and hope they're not going to just stream it and actually buy it. And you've got to be all these different things. I was talking with someone today. It's like, you know, a musician just can't be a musician anymore. you got to be a gamer and a streamer and you got to be you know, a film editor and you've got to create content and you've got to do all these different things and create at the same time it's like spread yourself way too thin i find anyway trying to do all those things and 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 check off all those boxes you know if if fans aren't engaged they're not engaged like i i'm not going to chase after you because i think that gaming is the trend and i got to go ahead and do like that's that's a whole nother set of expenses and time that 
I could be putting toward music, right? And I'm like, damn, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's just a lot to do. And I see a lot of bands jumping through a lot of hoops to try to either keep their fan base or gain a new one. Um, and I just, I, maybe I'm old school. I just have no desire to, <laughs> to do all of that. I just want to play drums and, and record. And, and that's <laughs> I don't want to do anything. I bet I can tell you the drummer. <laughs> I just want to play. I just want to play. Damn it! It's all I want to do. Okay. <laughs> that's it. That's all I want to do. So I don't know who Stephanie is. Um, I have no idea where she is. That's fine. Um, we'll we'll talk and um, like I said, if she comes in, we'll let her in. We'll just go get started. We, we're already kind of started. I'm just gonna keep everything we did. Uh, Justin, what how it works? It's pretty simple. You hear what we're doing. We're just talking. So just jump on in anytime. That's pretty much the interview. We'll we'll have conversation. We'll talk about whatever comes up. You know, Canada. America, whatever you want to, I don't care. And then we'll listen to some of your guys' music too. Awesome. There you go. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, my beard used to be that long and then I shaved it. <laughs> my wife grabbed me by it the other day. I was like, come here. I was like, ow, oh, that shit hurt. So I shaved it. She can't grab it right now. <laughs> and my, as she said, yeah, I've been growing for a little while. Now I said, you guys are much gray as I do. I told her I'm going for my Santa Claus. I, I'm, I'm prepping for when I become Santa Claus, when I get older and I make the money, I work one month a year and that's all I have to do. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it now. <laughs> you know, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for my Obi-Wan phase. I'm waiting for that to, to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be one of the, I'm going to be very proud wearer of my gray and white. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to die or shy away from it. I'm definitely going to. I thought that was I thought that was my kid for now. <laughs> yeah, my, my kids are I've got twins that are 13 and I've got a 26 year old but twins are at, at the high school because they're going to go to high school next year so they're doing a fair and then my my niece is in there in her room so yeah because I don't I don't mind I'm, I'm used to people like take a kid out no I don't care let them run wild I don't I really don't care they can come on interview too <laughs> It's the best way to do it. Trying to have a kid sit still is is is, uh, is hard work. Oh, I know it. It's 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 every time like when we had um, when my father died, he passed away like fifteen years ago by now, and he had a party. We had a party for his funeral because he, he was a biker, so we had all these bikers up here. And at the funeral, they had like these kids, and people were taking the kids out crying. I'm like, you don't have to do that. He would not have cared. And the same thing when I go, I don't care if they're crying. Let them let them cry. Let them run. Let them play. Hell, my kid. <laughs> When we, when I was younger, I used to do like, um, like TV modeling kind of stuff too. When I was like hundred pounds lighter and younger, <laughs> but I, I remember going to the agent and I had my son with me and he had to go to the bathroom. Well, he didn't tell me, he just dropped the trowel right there and pissed in their plant. I'm like, son, you can't do that. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I, I, I took him out. Same thing, but that's just how, <laughs> that's how we've been around here. <laughs> yeah, no, I used to take my little boy to uh, to band practice. I used to have his, his snacks and his uh, little Mr. Teddy, and I had headphones on him. I sit him right there by the drum throne. Mm -hmm. I used to take him with me to rehearsal, the recording. I used to take him everywhere. He's 20 now. He'll be 21 this year. And then I just had a six-month-old, so it's uh, – I restarted. I restarted the clock. And oh wow! No, I, I thought I had a big gap. He's twenty six and they're thirteen, so there's like that thirteen year difference. Yeah. My wife got pregnant with twins, and apparently, you can get pregnant while pregnant. So we went in there, and I'm like, she sat down because she's my second wife, and she wanted a kid. When I met her, like, yeah, I'll give you one. You got to trick me into two. Well, <laughs> she, she got twins. I was like, and I remember going into the doctor. 
And they showed like, see, look here, you got two. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I only ordered one. And she goes, well, <laughs> sweetheart, you have two and you could possibly have a third. I'm, I'm like, what do you mean? She says, well, it's rare, but it happened that you can get pregnant while pregnant. And I'm like, who the hell came up with that? <laughs> but we did. We got twins and like I said, and then I got, I got fixed. I'm done. I'm not having any more kids. I want to, I want to retire and, and go explore the world and do stuff like that. You know, I don't, I'm 45 years old. If I had to have a, a kid right now, I'd die before he probably turned 20 anyway. So let's see the way I see it. Cause I, I'm, I'm 45 as well. So if you look at it by the time my, my six month old is in university, I will be 65, which is not old. Right. So I still have another 65 years to go. So I'm good. So I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I look at it. So, you know, just, I eat right, try to eat right, try to exercise, try to, you know, make sure I keep, stay healthy, get my sleep and drink my water and, you know, do all the things I got to do and lower the stress and, you know, which being in a band does not do. Um, <laughs> Hell with that. I'm 45 years old. I'm eating Slim Jims and drinking Dr. Pepper and drinking beer and, it's so you sound like Mark and Mark is the key clearly the founder youth is is carbonation. And, right. and all the food, right? <laughs> they that, might drink vodka fireball. Yeah, <laughs> he, he held up fireball, guys. Uh vodka, Betty White said vodka was her thing. Is that mine? That's my work phone. Scam likely. <laughs> there we go. That won't go off again. So I'm gonna go ahead and introduce yourself, guys. Like I said, so we at least get your guys' name in the interview. <laughs> All right, everybody. This is the the Georgia Songbird. And we are here with Echo Seven, and most of the band members, of course, the singers, not here. They're always last to show up. I understand. So she she pops in. We'll say hi. But everybody, introduce yourself real quick. You guys go first. Whoever wants to. All right, I'm uh, Justin uh, Laracy. I'm the guitar player for Echo Seven. Are you like lead or rhythm, Justin? I'm the rhythm. Okay. Yeah, Marcus LeBlanc. I'm a lead guitar player and rhythm on some of the tunes, the ones that have no solos. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm Alon McCall. I'm the uh, the drummer and uh, songwriter somewhat of Echo okay. 7. I was going to ask, do you guys all write together or does like one person just kind of just write some, the, the songs? Uh, composition-wise uh, and instrumentally, we all uh, chip in and and put together these these songs that 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 we do. Um, lyrically, uh, it's split between myself and and Stephanie Roy. Okay. So, um, if the riffs speak to me, then I I raise my hand and say I want it. Um, if it doesn't, then she's more than welcome to it. Um, but that's how we've been kind of working it uh, uh with this with the songs, especially with the EP. Um. That's exactly how we did it. So, so yeah, we all have a say though, and and you know the riffs and you know placement of riffs, what's going to be the bridge versus all that stuff. That's something that we all take take part in, and and uh, it's 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 the it's it's an enjoyable process. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's not because it is. It's 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 fun. It's a learning process. You know, it it it's nice to to see where everyone's coming from and and to put it all together and then to hear it make sense is really cool you got five different individuals kind of throwing in ideas and for it to all be cohesive um it is a really nice accomplishment and uh, it's a good feeling when that happens 
Okay. Yeah, I know my mom, I, I write most of the stuff with the band, but yeah, they start pitching in and it's funny. They start catching the, the uh, songwriting bug. I know my drummer, Patrick, he comes up and he goes, all right, Jesse, I got an idea for a song. I'm like, ah, oh, what do you got, Patrick? He goes, okay, there's these people and they're poor and they're out of form. And that's all he has. I was like, that's it? He says, okay. So give me a minute on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but we, you know what? Out of that, we ended up getting a song called Dirt on My Yellow Brick Road. And it was, it's, I really, I, I enjoy those moments because we start, we'll start practicing. And all of a sudden toward the end, we start just shitting around. And it's like, that's when we start writing music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like our process yeah. is, is not uh, static. Like the, the there were it was a, it was later last year early this year a bunch of bands um, that are local here just from bands in general that 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 we follow on Instagram were like posting all these like hardcore serious pics of of and videos of them in the studio and like recording and writing riffs and I was like fuck all that so we were we were we were going ahead and we were doing our thing and I posted a video of us and literally that's what we do we just talk shit. And, <laughs> We just literally that's how we write like there it's not us sitting down and getting serious it's it's not that way at all and uh and, and i'm really happy that it's that way it just keeps everyone relaxed and and and, and it keeps you know the creative you know vibe going. And, uh, and, and so i posted that of us just joking around and laughing and, and 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 whatever and i was like yeah this is our songwriting process we're in the album writing phase and this is it Right. And, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people didn't like that, but I thought it was hilarious because everyone else was being super serious. Like, oh, look at us in the studio and look at us recording this riff and sounding real. I'm like, whatever. Like, come on, guys. Like, let, let's be realistic. It's not that hard. And if it is that hard, there's a problem. Right. So that's how I see it. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Anybody in a band knows better than that. There's more <laughs> shitting around than anything. Yeah. There are some rehearsals. Honestly, we barely get the set set listed. <laughs> what a set list! What is that? <laughs> there are some rehearsals where we're just like we'll blow an hour just like talking shit, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Okay, we probably should run through the set because we have a show tomorrow," and uh, you know, <laughs> and then we do it. So yeah, it's it's you know we've been very fortunate that we we all you know get along, our personalities mesh and. And that was something that we really wanted to make sure uh, when we started the band that that was the case. Um, you know, there's nothing worse, and I think we all we all understand there's nothing worse than having that one guy in the band or girl in the band that just has a really nasty attitude for whatever their reason. And you know, if you can't have fun and spend time with these individuals uh, long term and get along, then that's going to pose a problem later on. So uh, we've been very fortunate that we all get along, and and it makes for a very uh, it makes for a good time. It makes for, you know, all the hard things that we have to go through. It makes it enjoyable because we all can laugh about it, joke about it, and you know, get on stage and perform. And it's time. Well, tell everybody, yeah, and we can um, be we can be honest. Yeah, we can be honest with each other too. So I mean, if we're sitting there jamming and you know trying to come up with riffs, and you know, we'll say no. <laughs> that, that doesn't work <laughs> right or or you know try this. So I mean, we're, we're all we're all open. And like Alon said, I mean, a lot of it. Like, I mean, I'll track a lot of the guitars, you know, the majority of the guitars, well, actually all the guitars here at home uh-huh. and send it and we'll, we'll get, we'll get the ideas. And then we just start slicing and dicing those up. And then when we're finally ready to do the final cuts of everything, we'll go back and we'll redo the parts. I mean, you know, depending, sometimes it's keepers. If, you know, we slice everything and it, you know, it still sounds good, then we'll keep those. But then, you know, then we get everyone else you know, to submit their parts. And then we're lucky that, you know, Alon is also, you know, 
an engineer producer, you know, type guy. So we, we send out all the stubs to him and he makes it sound good. That's why I do these audio instead of video, because I know it's going to be <laughs> in the middle of it. So uh, <laughs> I tell everybody, if, if I could do this live, right. If I could do like a video feed and all that stuff, I would, but if I did, I would not do it. I would have to have a studio, which I'm building, but it's it's not ready yet because I know as soon as I do, it never fails. If it's not a dog, it's a cat running across from me or it's a kid running here. It's like, okay. And it's it's never my son Gibson is at that stage, as most boys that are getting their testosterone, they're all macho now, walks around with a shirt off everywhere. I'm like, son, there's a, there's a video right here. <laughs> And his twin, he's got a twin, his sister is a twin sister. So she's got, she's in cheerleading and stuff. So every time her friends are over, it's the first thing he does, takes his shirt off, starts walking around, showing his muscles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's got to, he's got to advertise, right? He's got to, got to exactly. go. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> he's funny. He's so funny. <laughs> but I, I think everybody, I did it when I was a kid too. I remember my mom, uh, she invited me up. She was working. I was probably eight, 18, 17, 18 at the time. And she was, she was working at a place in Atlanta and she wanted me to meet the boss's daughter. I guess she was trying to set us up. So I'm walking in there. I have on my jeans and I have on a half muscle shirt. That's all I have on. She goes, what are you wearing? I'm like, trust me. She'll like it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and she did. I was completely right. <laughs> there you go. See? There you go. Well, let's talk about your guys, how you came into the band. So all you guys, I'm sure has a story, how you came together, um, each individual who started the band well that was uh justin and i um i met justin we had a mutual or have i don't know what tends to use um is it had or have justin have 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 a mutual friend yet so we have a mutual friend who uh was a a singer and and you know songwriter and and so uh we decided to try to start a project and this was back in 2016 and he showed up literally, I think, for a practice and a half, we'll say, maybe two practices, mm-hmm. and then never again. Um, and so Justin and I kept jamming riffs, and we kept getting together, trying to put something uh, in the works. And it just, it, it fell apart. You know, we couldn't find another singer at the time. And and so, um, so anyway, we were like, you know what, we'll keep in touch. And Justin's like, listen, if you start anything else ever again, let me know. And we'd run into each other, you know, at the store or whatever. And he's like, hey, Alon, remember... I'm ready. Like whenever you're, you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, I, I, uh, I was talking with, with another musician that I knew, um, uh, Daryl and he was, he's a rapper. And I was like, you know what? I want to start a band. Like, I, I just want to start a band. I'm sick of waiting for the right time. And I'm sick of waiting for the stars to align. I'm just going to start using the resources and the people that I know around me. And we'll just put something together and start. Um, so he had agreed to be a part of the band at the time I contacted Justin um, Daryl knew Stephanie, so that's how she became a part of it. Um, Daryl actually brought her to my studio to do um, a hook on one of his songs, and I just asked her flat out, I'm like, do you want to be in a rock band? And she's like, well, I'm a folk singer, but I'll give it a shot. Great. Fantastic. Um, and then uh, I believe Stephanie knew our first bass player, Jamie. So that was the first incarnation of, of, of Echo 7. Um, and that's how we started out right when COVID hit, which yeah. was very, um, so that's how myself and Justin became a part of this. Um, and I'll let Marcus tell his story or I can tell the story. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, they, 
they were looking for a guitar player. Uh, I saw the post. Alana and I go back a few years as well when I was doing some uh, originals and stuff. Um, and Alon had his production company basically, you know, signed on with him for a couple of years. But anyway, I saw a post. They were looking for a guitar player. Reached out and said, "Yeah, I may, I may be interested. You know, see what you guys have." Yeah, that's what uh, he said. That that that's that's the key line <laughs> there to tell the story. Yeah. Well, I may be. I don't know. I may be time. Uh, well, now to be fair, I had a couple of projects on the go at the time too. I was in two or three cover bands, you know, and it was all time, right? It was just make. But then a couple of those went by the wayside, and I had the time, so went and tried out, and luckily enough, you know, we all got along. And here I am. It was it was it was a hard decision though. It's funny because behind the scenes of that, when he messaged me with the I maybe, mm-hmm. I turned to my wife, we were sitting in the couch, I said, Listen, I said, This is gonna be a problem. She's like, Why? I said, I <laughs> I said, I've known Marcus for a minute. And I said, he's a, he's a, he's an amazing guitar player. I said, that's not the issue. I said, he would add so much to this band. I said, the issue is I don't know how his ego is. And <laughs> like listen take the chance it's been a few years you know let him come audition and see how it works out um but yeah i, I and i and i must have just been in a mood that day because the, <laughs> the maybe just kind of sent me over the edge but no i've been marks and i have known each other for for, for quite a while and and uh, yeah. and uh, so it, it was nice to have you know, an old friend come on and and, and join in and and and, and, and ego free like, and ego free, right? We both man. I mean, it was all good. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. We've had to plan out and have like we get like a bunch of people just to get together, you know, that musicians and let them play. And so we're doing like that's when we're doing covers. Like I hate to do them, but I know they want to be done. And if you don't know the people, the best way to do a song together is do a cover that everybody knows. And so I'm sitting there playing, and we're doing um, House of the Rising Sun, which everybody does. And then the lead guitar gets on. And all of a sudden, it's like it turned into a 15-minute jam. And he's like playing louder and louder and faster and faster. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? So it's almost like, we just go stop and let him play for a minute. <laughs> so yeah. I know what you mean. Might, might as well break into Freebird at that point, right? You know, right. Yeah. With the 10-minute solo on it. I'm going to put Tennessee Whiskey in the middle of it while he's just jamming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, how did you come up with the name Echo 7? Uh, I'd love to say there's like a really deep story behind it, but uh, the story with it is that I've always wanted a band uh, called Echo. I've always okay. wanted that. And the number seven, uh, literally, I think our first practice was at 7 p.m. And I just liked the way they sounded together. And uh, a band of, of ours came up to us at a show and was like, oh, Echo 7, that's a Star Wars reference, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, sure, totally. Um, you know, I am a, a Star Wars fan, but I'm not like a huge star. Like I'm not that deep into it. And so anyway, it turns out it, 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 it is, um, it's one of the call signs in, in Star Wars with, uh, with, the, with the Imperial Police or whatever. So, um, so yeah, so I just kind of say, yeah, it's a Star Wars reference to make it sound like that was the intention, but it wasn't. Okay. Um, I wouldn't but, have known. <laughs> but whatever works, right? I'm like, hey, that, that's great. That's fantastic. The, the diehard fans know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what counts. Yeah, exactly. See, I always like names of bands because my band is called Yes Man. It's Yes and it's M dot A dot M. You know, it stands for middle aged men. That's what it stands for because we're all in our forties playing music. Except now, like you said, you guys, you go through so many. You know, you go through bassists and drummers and guitars and whatever. 
I, I'm going to make a spinal tap video for yes, ma'am, where, because we've had so many drummers, so many guitar players, so many singers just coming and going. It's, it's such a crazy time. It almost gets to the point you're like, well, damn, I just want to play the hell of this shit. You know what? I'm just going to go, I'm going to start some kind of band and find, pull people off the street at this time. Yeah. It does get, you know what? That revolving door does get a little, a little wonky. Like we went through a, a bunch of bass players um, and, and it was, it was tiring. It was exhausting. Like, constantly pressing that start button over again mm-hmm. and, and you know and it was like man like we just want to find you know a steady group of people and, and you know right now I'm, I'm very happy with the lineup that we have um you know i really hope that everyone sticks around for a bit um so we can continue to build you know on what we're doing and, uh, but yeah for a bit it was it was crazy we you know when we first started daryl left amy left our second guitar player left and, and you know steph justin and i for you know a good while three of us kind of floating around trying to make songs and um and then we'd find a bass player and then they would leave and we'd find a guitar player and he would leave and find another bass player and and uh it was it was um it was it was a little you know discouraging at times especially with covid you know because you couldn't play gigs and i was really worried that if you're not playing gigs you know you're not going to keep anyone's attention if you're not doing good um you know and so that was really really hard for a while just kind of keeping everyone's attention saying listen guys eventually we'll get through this and, and we'll move on and and so i'm glad that steph and justin stuck around um you know as long as they did so but here we are post-covid and and things are things are going pretty well. so what do you guys got going on now what kind of projects are going in the works oh wow so we've got two things going on uh the first is that we're writing for the full-length album which I think we all agree. I think that that was the last word that we're doing a full length album. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're currently in the songwriting phase for that. Uh, we have about, I would dare say, five or six songs that we're piecing together and we just need to write to them and then track them. Um, so it's moving along really well. Um, the second thing is that we are waiting for uh, the EP to be remixed. So there's a DJ um, called Variant. Uh, from the UK, who I've known for two decades, actually. And um, he is doing a remix record of the X-Ray News EP. So he does like deep house and techno. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so he's going to remix all seven tracks on that record. So we're going to have um, a deconstructed record come out um, as well. So, so those are the two big things that are kind of coming down the pike. So hopefully the remixes will, you know, introduce our sound to a whole new you know, genre and a whole new, you know, fan base um, and just kind of give a different take on it, right, of, of the song lyrics and the compositions and stuff. So I'm personally, I haven't heard anything from it yet, but I'm, I know he does good work. He's done remixes to me in the past. Um, so I know that he knows his stuff, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, and the album will be out either late this year or early next year, depending on the release schedule um, uh, for this year, so... Well, then, well, let's take a listen to one of your guys' song. What I'm going to do is I'm going to share the screen with you guys so you can see it. And then you just tell me what song you want to hear first. And share. So there you go. You guys should be able to see that now, right? Okay, there we go. All right. What song do you guys want to do first? Um, I'll, I'll let you guys choose. Marcus, Justin, what do you want to hear first? But let's do Blame. Blame. Okay. Tell me just, like I said, I'm a songwriter. I like to hear stories. So is there, what's the story behind Blame? Uh, so I, I, I wrote Blame. Um, that's one of the songs I wrote in the EP. 
Um, the story behind Blame is uh, basically uh, my son had called me from um, he's playing football out there and, and um, it was the first year. And so he calls me up and he's like, you know, like there's you know, it's a higher level of play, everything's, you know, kinda kinda different, but there's a lot of hate going on between the players and different things and, and he's like it's crazy. Like guys are mad at me because I'm like, you know, in the gym, I'm putting in the work, I'm doing what I gotta do. And and uh, you know, and I was just telling him, you know, stay focused, keep your head down and 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 you know, whatever. And anyway, that conversation sparked the song. So the song is, is literally about you going down your path and just having the mindset that it's not your fault how other people feel about okay. what you're about you know where you're going you know so so the chorus i see the hatred all the demons inside that exist the jealousy arise makes it hard to resist um you know though you feed the lies it won't even matter your focus is shattered you only have yourself to blame so basically to all the haters you're the reason for your your stagnant you know behavior if you don't like what i'm doing that's your fault it's not mine i'm going to keep moving and keep going um, and so that's the story behind, uh, behind Blaine. Okay. I'm on mute everybody. I'm on play it. You guys just give me a thumbs up when you hear it.
Damn, that's a great track. That is, yeah, I like that. <laughs> you got to unmute. Um, there you go. Justin, you and Alan got to unmute. There you go. Yeah, no, that's a really good sound to try. Yes. Oh, I like that. I always, I always like to make my notes on here so that I, because I listen to the music and I want to do my, my, my notes and stuff. I like it. First of all, who, who did the mixing? Did you guys mix it yourself? You did it? That's yeah, a, I did. yeah. I like the mix because you can actually hear the singer. I know when you get a lot of times you get the rock stuff, they all kind of blend in with each other sometimes, but I can actually hear the singer and her folksy sound actually works with, with the, with the track. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I, I think that lends to, you know, why I, I wanted her. I didn't want a metal singer, right? Like you need a con, like you say, you need contrast, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's good to hear. I appreciate that. That, that means a lot. And I was waiting for the double kicks to come in. That's what my drummer wants, double kicks on everything. I'm like, dude, we're doing blues. You don't get double kick on blues. And the guitar riffs are awesome. I really like that too. Thank well, you. Thank you. <laughs> um, you guys are with Curtain Call, right? Yeah. So tell everybody kind of how you guys got in with them. Oh, wow. Um, well, just, uh, excuse me, John. Um, I, I reached out to John uh, through Instagram um, and, you know, just said, hey, like we've seen, you know, your, your stuff on Instagram and, and we're interested in, in, you know, submitting music. And, and John's like, sure, you know, send it over. And, and he, he heard something in us that he liked. Um, and, you know, and he was willing to take a shot. I mean, it, and, and I say that um, because the earlier recordings and the earlier, you know, production was not what it is now. Mm -hmm. um, it was, you know, it was very much, um, it, was, it was very raw um and and just not where it should have been and so for um you know a label to of, of any size to, to say yeah we're gonna take a chance on you and you know especially being from canada on top of that um you know that was a big deal and and you know it was, it was a great opportunity and we jumped on it and it's been a really good experience um it's it's forced us to tighten up the ship as far as release schedules and you know writing and production and and things and, and and they give us you know clear they give us a blank check to do what we want yeah. um you know what i mean like we have a blank check you know as far as production as far as songwriting um you know and i mean we submit all the music and they've never rejected anything so it's been it's been a good experience um they let us do our thing and uh it, it's it's been a, a good positive for us and, and it's nice to have that cosign as well um you know when when you're going out there and you're you're trying to get festivals and you're trying to get shows and and you know even on social media um you know to have a label with with good distribution with a good rep in the industry and a good lineup of, of artists there are a lot of legacy artists that are signing on a curtain call um you know there are a lot of artists doing some really big things on their label on top of their radio station um you know endeavors and stuff like that so to have that kind of, you know, team and, and, and that kind of energy behind us is really good. Um, and so it's, uh, it's, it's definitely been a positive experience for sure. Yeah. I don't know, John, Gigi's the one that reached out to me and she sends me a lot of your guys, yours and a lot of the, the other artists there. And it's majority rock. I know, I know it's more of a kind of a rock label, which I love. I do, like I said, I do the, the podcast, which is like the interviews and album reviews, but also started an online radio station, Georgia Songbird Radio. And I've always been like an iPod shuffle. I make jokes about it all the time, but 
I listen to everything. I love rock. I love country. I love bluegrass. I listen to hip hop. I listen to blues. I don't care if it's good music. I'm going to listen to it. So when I share the music with everybody, I share it all. So I'll, I always make a joke. Like if you turn into my station, take a 10 minute challenge and listen, I promise you're going to find stuff you like. You may find stuff you don't. Radio stations are, are notorious for that, but you'll hear like you guys will be going up against, like I said, you'll hear in the seven song or whatever block they do it. It'd be like you and then like maybe Stevie Wonder and then I know another local band and then maybe some uh, Heavy D and the Boys and it just mixes all together. And I love, I love that about music and even, even rock. I know a lot of stations won't take music like that. And I never understood why, because rock music to me is fundamental and it should be listened to. And I know people say, oh, it's too loud. Well, turn it down. You got a, you got a knob, just turn the volume down. Yeah, no, I listen, I, I, I can't say enough about, you know, independent radio and satellite radio and internet radio stations, um, you know, because they, like you're saying, th those are the stations that are playing the music that, that should be played. You know, I, you know, terrestrial radio is, is, is really a mess. Um, you know, even here locally, like you get zero support, very little, I'd say maybe one, 2% support mm -hmm. for local music. So, um, you know, it's great that we that now with technology, we have other options as, as a rock band um, to be heard, you know, by a bigger audience and, 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 and to go ahead and and to get that kind of airplay and, and to get that exposure. And, and and I didn't mention Gigi. I should have. Forgive me, Gigi. I, <laughs> it was intentional. <laughs> I just I, I deal with John all the time. Um, so but uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 nice that that we're able to to get, you know, the airplay that we're getting and. And I mean, we get a lot of love on the independent radio stations, you know, and it's great. It, it's really great to to be on, you know, whatever station it is, because um, it, it's nice to know your music is being heard. And the more diversity you play on a station, the more diverse audience is hearing your stuff. And it just it, it, it snowballs. Right. So so it's always a good thing. And I'm, and I'm glad that there that there is that variety out there and not just the the old school uh, keepers of the gate like it used to be in the 80s and 90s where you had to submit that cd to that station and you know hope and, and pray and pay and bribe to get your stuff played right it's yeah it's it's, it's funny you say like the payola stuff uh that is what happens with spotify and i know it does and i'm sitting there and i, I ask i have these interviews i know spotify when you stream because you mentioned earlier about the streaming they pay you zero i mean it's like point zero 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 eight there's a lot of there's more zeros in it than numbers and the people that like put all this money into play, like, well, like I, I get you want your numbers and your streams up, but is it, are you making money back from it at all? I mean, have you been, right. It, you can't be. And that's the thing. And that's kind of the thing that, you know, and, and we've talked about this as a band and I think everyone knows in the band that I am, I am fuck Spotify all day long. I can't stand them. Um, I will not promote them. I mean, we're distributed on there because that's part of the distribution package that we right. have with Sony. But that's the only reason why the year review I don't do, um, you know, the thing about Spotify and the thing that I, I feel with independent bands and like you're saying, the mistake that bands still don't seem to realize is that you paying for streams or paying for playlisting isn't doing anything for you. Right. And the fact that the music industry is still putting so much weight on those numbers, even though they know they can be manipulated, is just ridiculous to me. 
right? Everyone knows that Spotify numbers can be tampered with. Everyone knows that your, your SoundCloud numbers can be tampered with. Everyone knows your YouTube numbers can be tampered with. Like big labels do it too. So if everyone knows that these analytics can be toyed with. Why are we still holding up and coming bands to this ridiculous level and, 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 you know, bar that they must attain to when all it's going to take is a couple hundred bucks and you can attain it. Right. Like you have bands everywhere talking. They got one single out talking about they have 10,000, 20,000 followers and they only follow one person. Get the fuck out of here. Like, right. no, you don't. Right. There's, there's no way that makes even mathematical sense. What? Right. Or you, got, or you have 20,000, 50,000 views on your video, but only two comments. That doesn't make any sense. But right? look at it this way, too. And you're in a bar and you're playing and you're trying to sell and they're looking at these numbers. Oh, yeah. I've got so many followers. But then when you come to that bar to play, how many of those followers followed you to the venue to actually sure. make money? Because that's what all they care sure. about. It's, it's right. a business. Sure. It's a business. It's supposed to be. Exactly. But it's 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 just part. And I and I have to say the same thing. I've had this conversation with tons of other people. It's I'd say like a necessary evil, and it is as as far as like that's the way your music gets heard. Unfortunately, now is through these like Apple Music and Spotify. But the problem, and you mentioned it too, is like in the old days when you go to play. Uh, and you'd work and you do all the stuff and you pushing your labels and you putting out flyers and you're doing everything you can, you were drawing people to the venue. Right. When you do it this way, like digitally, then you're, all you're doing is like, if you get the bots and stuff and the people that are they're fake listeners, it's not a true fan. The best way to make true fans, it's still the same way. It's always been is to get out in front of them and play. That's, that's, that's it. That's a hundred percent fact. And, and, you know, it, it's, it, I really am waiting for that shift again, where people are, 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 are used to spending money on music again. That's one thing that, you know, that, that has gone the way of the Dodo, like no one wants to spend mus money on music anymore, whether it's paying a cover charge, whether it's buying merch, whether it's buying the music itself. You know, when all of us were growing up, you know, we knew that for the new record that was coming out, we knew we were going to blow ten to fifteen dollars, even seventeen ninety nine, or dare say twenty if it was a deluxe set. <laughs> we knew that that was the price we were going to pay, and we were ready to pay it. Right? There was no qualms. We knew well, I need that, and I'm going to spend the money to get it. <laughs> um, that's not the way it's been for at least the past, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty years, unfortunately. Um, and I really would love to see a resurgence of that because it just, you know. I'm going off topic here a little bit, but, you know, people complain like, oh, the, the record deals were, were trash in the 90s and, and early 2000s. I'm like, you know what? At least those bands made money, right? Like even the trashiest of deals back in the day, you made money, right? So even if you were getting 50 cents off of a CD, which, again, is egregious, I agree. The label was getting $10, $12, and you were getting 50 cents. But let's look at it. If you sold a million copies, you made half a million dollars, right? You could do shows and people were still willing to pay money. Right. Like you still are making money off a physical product. That's way more than any digital platform is paying right now. Right. So, you know, yeah, the deals were trash. You were signing for, you know, 10 album deals or 15 year deals. Yes, they were trash. Yes, they were shady. But at least at the end of the day, if you had a decent record with decent airplay, you could make a living as a musician doing your thing. Now you can't do it. Like it, it's not, it's not really feasible and possible. And as we were saying earlier, the logistics of touring is just so expensive. Now it doesn't make sense when you have legacy acts saying, no, we're not going to tour this year because it's too much money. Mm -hmm. That's a problem, right? Like, and they're, they're, they're canceling shows left and right because it doesn't make sense to go on tour and spend that money 
not to break even. You know what I mean? And so it's 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 a it's a whole different industry now. Um, and and I mean sometimes I even sit back and I'm like, man, why are we even bothering to do this this thing called music anymore? Um, it's definitely a passion that you know that that, that we because we want to. Um, but yeah, man, the, the 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 industry is so different now. It's it's so so different. Um, it, it's it's it, it's kind of it's kind of you know discouraging at times just to think about it so i try not to think about it a lot because otherwise i'd be like you know what it doesn't make any sense why am i pouring money into something i'm never going to see it again well to um, take take it even farther just to always stay on this topic real quick is the person that it hurts even more i mean you talk about the artist they got 50 cents what do you think the songwriter got you well, know, the songwriter the that's true. The songwriting royalties are still, I believe, still halfway decent. But not again, on like streaming services, though. I mean, that's, you, that's, that's what I was going to say. In order for you to get the songwriting royalties, it's got to be played in terrestrial radio or an internet radio station that has a license. Mm-hmm. Majority of internet radio stations do not, and terrestrial radio is still, you know, a, a boys' club, if you will, of of you know very tight playlists, and e- even even Sirius XM, even Octane. They're, they've gone the way of terrestrial radio now where it's a lot more ads than it used to be, and they're playing the same 45, 50-minute clips mm-hmm. every hour. So where so even that so-called independent radio satellite has become more terrestrial for financial gain and survival than its intention. See, and that's why when I started my radio station, I, I went through Live 365, and I did it because they were the only ones – who went ahead and put that in there for the PRO so you guys get paid. Because I'm a songwriter. I was like, I'm not going to start a station and just play music if you guys don't get paid. Is it a lot? No, I don't know what they pay out. I don't even deal with that. I let I let Live 365. But the fact that they actually do that is the only reason that I started a station. And if they ever stop doing it, then I'll just cut the station off and I'll still do the podcast. Because the pod- podcast is going to be the same regardless. It's going to be interviews, album reviews. It's going to be Have You Heard series. It's going to be me just shitting around with everybody and having having fun talking music. That's not going away. That's streamed on everywhere. You can find on iHeart. And do you make money? No, I don't make money on it. How are you going to make money? But the Live 365 is a little different because I don't make anything off of it. But because they have their ads, that's how they pay it. But you guys get paid. It's it's, it's tiny, whatever the number is. I don't know what, how they report it, but I know they have to send their list in through all the the uh, to the, all the PROs. And there's certain countries that they won't even send. They won't even allow you to listen to it because they don't have rights to to right. send it there. Right. Yeah. No. And I mean, and that's and that's huge, right? Like, I mean, I wish more. You know. I, I wish the PROs would do more, but but they don't. They kind of just sit back and collect their fees, and that's it. Well, but even yeah, the venues are bad about that too. If they don't, oh, they're horrific. Play. We were talking yeah, what, about that. Yeah, we were talking about that. We actually had that conversation in a band meeting, uh, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, about us, like you know, you know, definitely kind of kicking in the doors of these venues and saying, "Listen, you know, we're owed royalties for our live performance. Like, you need to sign this paperwork so we can get our royalties and get paid." Because venues like playing music and having live music and not paying for their, their ASCAP or SOCAN license to have that music played. Um, you know, we had to fight at one venue just to get the, the, the cover charge up to the minimum that SOCAN wanted for royalty payment. So, I mean, like venues are constantly, you know, towing that line. And so we've, we've made a decision that we're just going to go ahead and just be very adamant about it, saying, listen, like, you've got to pay us royalties. We're playing live music in your venue. It's original music. You need to pay the license. If you're not, that's on you. But 
you're you owe us money. Um, and so yeah, we we've uh, we're we're taking a hard line with that this year as well because it's it's getting to a point where we realize we're leaving money on the table. Um, you know, because venues are just not stepping up and doing the right thing. What were you going to say, Marcus? Oh, I was just going to say, you know, like Alon was saying, we we were discussing that, and it's it's basically, you know, keeping the venues honest too. I mean, you know, if they want to, you know, limit what we can charge at the door, and and you know, and and like Alon mentioned, there are some of the ones in in the northeastern United States who now started to take merch fees and and everything like that. Then, you know, the the onus is on them to make sure that you know everybody is getting, you know paid for their contribution i mean the bars are obviously making money you know from the people you know the the fans that are coming out to see us and and things like that but at the same time they have a responsibility to the artists that are playing there and bringing those people in right and i mean you know like we've seen i mean the, the royalties you know on spotify and i mean I, i've just happened to be prior to this call in my socan account right now checking the royalties and i mean i can show you it's it's literally three cents <laughs> yeah. right I, I think i got seven dollars in mind i can get a burger yeah. or something now on my distro kit account because i did a i did a, a song for a buddy of mine's uh, youtube channel mm -hmm. you know i've and that's been out for what two years now i think two three years and i mean i've accumulated a grand total of six dollars and 94 cents <laughs> right and because i mean the per stream revenue is is atrocious right right it, it's it's nothing and i mean not none of the streaming platforms are paying you know what you know what what socan and ascap and those and and the pros have agreed on they're paying whatever percentage of their subscription you know revenue that they're getting i mean the ceos of all of all these companies are living large making billions of dollars off of the backs of of artists and i mean you know people were shitting on napster back in the day but i mean to me napster was no different than me copying a cassette you know for a friend of mine you know if, if say the new metallic album came out you know back in the 80s like hey mm -hmm. you know my buddy couldn't afford it or you know we listened to it and make him a copy but even then the record companies went in and they were able to start collecting royalties off of blank cassettes right because people were making copies but now it's you know, you have to get out and play live and, and, you know, make your money off of the merch. And hopefully you, you know, you start getting a big enough draw that, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you can at least break even on a show. Right. It's ridiculous. It's so hard though. Cause you know, you need, like we were talking, you know, amongst ourselves that, you know, you need a team in order to, you know, do that. So if you're even planning a small tour, you know, you need the sound guy, you know, you, you, you need logistics, you need, you know, fuel, you know, lodging, food, um, you know, all those things. So that's overhead. So you're in, you're in the minus before you even set foot in the stage, right? PA rental, all those things, right? So it's, it's becoming harder and harder to be an artist because, you know, our venues are taking more and more money. Logistic costs are just going through the roof and you're making no money on the back end with, with your music. So where, so where do you win as an artist right now, right? If you're not getting money from streams and you're not getting money because people don't want to buy the CD or your merch or the venue's taking a percentage of your merch and now you got to do all these things just to put in a decent show, you know, it, it, it really kind of, it, 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 it leaves nothing left on the table for the musician, yeah. right? So it, it's a very, very hard and, and difficult situation to be in sometimes. 
Well, I always like these. See, as a band, it always is curious. Like a singer-songwriter, you put your guitar up there, you put a tip jar up there, and you get tips. You know, you may not make a lot. I think the most I've ever been tipped, I got I got a hundred dollar tip from a lady one time, uh, but she was looking to cheat on her husband, and I wasn't the one to be doing it. <laughs> he got so mad at me. I'm sitting there playing, and she gave me give me a hundred dollars just because she was crying or whatever. She she enjoyed the music, and he's like, "I'm a man." I'm like, "Okay, well then you can take your woman home if you can't control her." That ain't my problem. <laughs> Pretty much. Now that that leads me to a, a question I have for you guys. Like I said, as you see, we go off topic. We'll talk about whatever comes up. Um, but since we're, I, I thought about that. What are some funny stories? You each got to have a funny story that's happened to you playing at a gig, playing at a venue. Funny story. Or memorable. <laughs> if you can't, I'm sure you can think of funny. Bands do funny, but if you can't think of funny, memorable. I don't know. You guys go first. I'm going to have to think about that for a minute. I I have no idea. (laughs) Well, I mean, for, I mean, I've been playing in cover bands for quite a few years. And I mean, you know, you always get, you know, to your point, you know, the, you know, I've never been tipped, but definitely been, you know, hit on and things like that. And I was like, (laughs) Hey, you know, I'm, I'm flattered. Thank you very much. I'm a married man, you know, things like that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we've, you know, I know myself, you know, we've seen our fair share of, uh, you know, flash boobies and <laughs> and things like that, right? Playing live. But that's, yeah. for me, even that, that's that's really about it. Nothing really crazy, you know, ever happened at, at any of the shows other than, you know, people getting extremely shit-faced and, you know, doing <laughs> stupid stuff out on the dance floor, right? So... so. <laughs> Yeah, I think as 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 this band goes, I don't think we've had any crazy. No, we've had no Spinal Tap moments yet, or or uh, you know anything like that, or anything. And I mean, we we only have a handful of shows under our belt, you know, collectively, you know, take it together as this unit as well, right? So, I'm sure as you know, hopefully we branch out and you know play into Quebec and and Toronto, and hopefully you know into the states. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll have a few more stories to share. Now, it, it reminded me, it's funny you said that. We were playing at a venue here in Georgia. Sorry, I got a dog panting here right beside me. Uh, but we were we were playing at this venue in Marietta. And uh, my bassist, Jordan, my best friend, but been with me since we started. It, just used to be, it was me and him started, yes, ma'am. And we're playing. And all of a sudden, it's just, it's just like there are people dancing on the floor. And this guy has these two girls dancing. And, and Jordan goes, that guy won't stop looking at me. <laughs> I said, so give him a show. <laughs> but the guy has two girls dancing and he's staring Jordan down. He's just dancing while he's looking at Jordan the whole time, giving Jordan bedroom eyes. And I'm trying because I'm the, I'm singing it this time. I'm trying not to laugh my ass off because it's just too funny. Yeah. And, and, you know, in some of the cover bands, same thing. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd always tease our, our singer or whatever and say, Hey man, you know, buddy's checking you out over there. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, same thing, like give, give him the show, you know, he's right. a paying customer as well. Right? So I always just tell him, pluck that G string a little bit harder there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give, give him a wink and lick your lips at the same time. They're always doing right. it. <laughs> It'd be a kiss band right there. Uh, well, let's listen to another one of your guest song. Which one you want to listen to next? Uh, I would say for me, keep from breaking is always, uh, always keep from breaking. Okay. So tell me the story behind this one. Uh, so this one, um, I wrote this one, uh, so this one, uh, I 
was working for a, a company that uh, ended up going uh, bankrupt. And uh, the process of, of them going under just was not uh, a pretty one. And, you know, I, 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 I was in a, a management position, so I was on, you know, the, the team calls with like other employees and, you know, they were missing paychecks and, 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 and you know, not paying people and lying to the employees. And, and it was just to, to hear that and to hear the people on, on you know, the employees on, on the other line and hearing their desperation and their hurt um, on those phone calls and, and hearing, you know, my bosses, again, lie you know, straight faced about what was going on, what the situation was, you know, things are going to get better. They're going to turn around. You'll get paid next week. All this other nonsense. Um, it really, it, it affected me like in a very real way. And so I wrote this song. Um, I was on the road coming back home uh, for this company. They, they ended up going under at like 12 noon that day. So I did half of my, um, my shift with no company, like no employer. I was just kind of out there. Um, and I wrote this song on the road. Um, and so the song is basically um, about anyone in a situation where you're being pushed and pushed and pushed to a breaking point. Um, and, you know, but <laughs> the thing about the song is that it's, 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 a, it's a flip. So it's about you being pushed to a breaking point. But people who push you to that breaking point always assume that if you're crying or upset, that is because you're so deeply hurt and, and you just, you know, you just can't contain it. And that's not always the case. Sometimes you're crying and there's tears in your eyes because you're keeping yourself from breaking them, i.e. hurting them or, you know, saying something hurtful to them. So this song is more of an empowering song than it is a song of defeat. So, um, you know, uh, you know, if, 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 you know, if, if you see me cry, you know, um, well, I'm trying to same thing of the hook. Um, if you ask the reason why, um, would you choose another lie? Would you um, pretend that it's not my heart that you keep on breaking? Um, but if I, but if you ask the question why, don't be surprised to see me cry. It's the only thing that I can do to keep from breaking you. So that's what the song is about. The song is about you exercising self-control, and those tears are not so much tears of sadness. It's tears of anger and you're holding back from reacting and so basically even in that hurt situation you're exercising self-control which is a good thing and so that's what the song is about um and and that that was the influence for the song so that's uh that's the story behind key from breaking i'm gonna mute us and play it you guys just give me a heads up when you hear it Through the thunder and the rain, I cannot hear my voice. 
All right. Is everybody back? Yes, sir. We're all back. All right. The, the pain, I was making my notes. The pain got me for a second. It's like, what am I hearing? I thought, I was like, I keep hearing thing in one ear and it goes to the other ear. It's like, and then it was, I, know, I realized it was the pan for the song. And then I realized she's saying the lyrics before she sings the lyrics. That's, that's pretty, correct. That's, that's pretty cool. I like that. Thank now, you. Has Stephanie ever tried to do a little screamo in there? Because I, I was waiting for her to go. Screamo is coming, but not from Steph. Yeah. The only thing we've ever got her to do was at the end of Blame, where, you know, she does her little her little scream at the end. So, but we are working on her. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Who's going to do the screamo if she doesn't do it? Uh, our bass player, Luke Smith, um, he has a, uh, a death metal band um, called Skull Kraken and okay. he does vocals. So we're going to start incorporating that into our, our songs. And Steph is, is also, like Marcus said, she's, she's had enough people tell her that they liked the end of Blame, mm-hmm. that she now is motivated to do more of that. <laughs> so, so, we're, so we've got two, we've got two options now. Um, but uh, but yeah, you'll, you'll be hearing some some more crowds, some more screaming in the new stuff. Hastily put in, but it'll be there. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> you know, that's that to me that kind of what gives us you know that unique flavor is right now. I mean, you know, most female front of bands, you know, they're, they're all doing the screams, they're doing mm-hmm. the gutturals, they're doing everything, right? And I mean, Steph has her own style, and you know, it just happens to fit with you know the tracks you know and, and the music and, and the riffs and that 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 we all come up with so you know i think i think it's a good blend and you know it makes it you know people may expect to hear it and you know it's like okay because i mean we've we've it's not the first time we've heard that right so you know but again i love steph's style and and i think it you know it, it marries well with you know it, it's a it's a good contrast compared to you know the, the music that's being played and you know counter melody wise oh yeah i mean pat benatar never had to scream she was just a, you know oh. joan Jett. oh but hell hell is for children is a hell of a song though she yes screaming her ass off in that song <laughs> <laughs> hell, hell is for- yeah but what, yeah. i don't i can't i think it's like the is what i think of when i think of screamo stuff because it's funny we were playing uh we just it was in the practice and we we're we we're just like doing stupid shit so we decided let's do a cover of uh, Katy Perry Friday night, and then so we got into the part, and I started last Friday, night, and I got to the screaming part of it. And I made it sound like that. It was actually pretty good. Was, I couldn't do the whole thing, but it was I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> yeah, I liked your guys' melodic solo in there too. That was really good. Thank you. And uh, Justin, I just noticed your shirt that you have on. <laughs> yeah, Camp, a- Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you a big horror movie buff? Uh, somewhat, not really. I just kind of like the, just that, the style, I guess. <laughs> he scares, he scares easily. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my cousin played play that game Friday the 13th where, you know, you're Jason or you're the campers and you have to survive for the night. And it's, it was a pretty fun game. <laughs> I've never played it, but I've seen it before. Yeah, it's it's really fun. And my, I've got like some, my, my 13 year old son wants to start, he's starting to watch all these movies he's trying to get into the raunchy movies and the horror movies but when he was a kid he wanted to watch the walking dead right so he, i finally let him watch it now and he's watched the whole thing he's caught up uh but when he was little he'd watch it and he'd literally start shaking I'm like son it's too scary if you go to bed no i can i can take it no you can't go to bed <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I'm going through that with my youngest. Uh, he's like, he's scared of the dark because my oldest decided that he was going to, you know, scare him, to, you know, scare him of the dark. Mm-hmm. He was down this time, so. <laughs> yeah. you know, that, my four-year-old wants to, he wants lights on everywhere and he's scared of everything. <laughs> 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 he's not about scared of the dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know when I was a kid, I w- we just moved to the house. My dad had built the house, and he decided to play a joke on me. He, <laughs> I was taking a shower, and he turned the lights out. I fell out of the shower, and then when I turned the lights, came flashing on. There was like a stick figure, kind of. A, I, I realize this now. He put it around like a broom, and he stuck it up in a window from the outside. Scared the living shit out of me until I realized it was my T-shirt because it was a hand-me-down T-shirt for my sister. It had a big T on the front of it. I was like, that's my shirt. I was like, y'all messing with me now. <laughs> I was nine, maybe. <laughs> Jeez. So if you guys will ask each individual, if you wasn't doing music, what would you be doing? Oh, wow. Uh, I'd like to say I'd be like a, like a, like a Jason Bourne spy. Uh, that's, <laughs> uh, that's 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 the fanciful answer. Um, the real answer, honestly, I I, I don't know. I, I don't know my life without music. Um, I've tried, you know, to do things other than music and put music on the back and say, okay, I'm just going to be a music fan and I'm just going to go ahead and work a nine to five, work at a desk, and and that's never ever panned out. Um. So I, I really don't know. I probably what I'm doing now, whether it's security or, or trade or something, something that was outdoors and something that allowed me to be creative in some way, shape or form. Um, but I, it, it's hard to imagine my life without music because I don't know what I would do, honestly. Okay. What about you guys? Uh, myself, probably doing what I do when I'm not playing and that's, uh, I'm, I'm a development I'm a coder, you know, systems analyst. Um, prior to that, I was in the, you know, the exciting, you know, financial industry doing accounting. So I got out of that and got into, you know, developing and, and programming instead. So for me, yeah, it would probably, you know, that I would be doing exactly what I do when I'm not playing, and that's coding. All right. What about you, Justin? What will you be doing? Uh, I'm not really sure right now. Actually, I, I basically, uh, on my free time, I basically just play guitar. But if I don't have that, I'm, I'm spending time with my son, basically. So, okay. <laughs> Full time single dad. So I just, you know, I <laughs> have lots of time to spend with him. So. <laughs> yep. I, I remember we just took my son on a father son trip to Florida. We went deep sea fishing and he fell in love with it. And so he's, he's ready to go back again. But my daughter said, Well, you went with, with Gibson. You need to go with me now. We need to go do something. So I now got to do a daddy daughter trip and we're going to, to California to, uh, she wants to stay at Beverly Hills and go to Rodeo Drive or Rodeo and, and shop and do all that stuff. It's like, So, okay, fine whatever i'll i'll do that i did it i did that with him i'll take you and we'll go do your thing about to get some light here in a second there we go hey. <laughs> i couldn't get to it it's like thank you thank you charlie she got uh, in trouble so she's like oh i made 100 on my test okay so if you didn't make 100 then you owe me 100 push-ups in a row off your knees and if you can't do it then you got to work out until you can do it so she's she hasn't got there yet 
<laughs> See, my my dad did that to me one time <clears throat> when I was young, school, and you know I was always bringing home, you know I, I was a good student up until about you know middle school to high school, mm-hmm. and then uh, so I you know kept bringing home hundreds, you know high nineties, and I remember bringing home a hundred one time, and he's like, "Couldn't you do any better?" <laughs> and it just so happened the very next test I got a hundred, but I also got the bonus questions, so I ended up with like a hundred and five or a hundred and eight or what you know whatever it was, and that's all I said to him. So there you go, I made over a hundred. So take that, put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> right? Yeah, she. We got customer now. She came out from Mississippi, so um, she's learning that I'm very strict with grades. That's the one thing. But when I was in school, I. I never opened a book. I just went through school and got B's and C's and I didn't apply like I should have. So now my kids and I, since we have custody, I treat her to my kids. I was like, look, you're going to get good grades because you know what, if you're, you can play sports, you can do all that stuff, but your grades are what counts. You got to make something of yourself. You know, you don't want to be digging ditches and, and working paycheck to paycheck. It takes an education and it takes hard work and she never had it till now. So now she's, She's she's finding out. She's, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah, you should have that conversation with my daughter. I got a fifteen year old. <laughs> I, I do it. My my wife is a, a she's a drill sergeant. So I met her. She's she she already has her drill sergeant mode, but mine is a lot worse than hers. <laughs> <laughs> so we got um time for one more song, uh, and I want you guys before we do that. Tell everybody where they can find you at. Where's your social media, your website, everything you got going. Okay, so we've got uh, echo7band.com is the official website. Um, uh, we are on Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, at underscore echo7 on all three of those platforms. Uh, you can find our music on Bandcamp, which is our preferred method of of. Uh, of streaming, uh, Apple Music as well. You can find all of our, our songs on there. Um, uh, yeah, that's basically all our socials. And we have our, our merch for sale on redbubble.com. Um, so you can find uh, T-shirts and hoodies and, and mugs and clocks and all those different things with the Echo 7 logo on it um, at redbubble.com. Um, and you can find all of those through the echo7band.com website. So if you go to the website, there are links to our music on all platforms and to the merch and, and, and everything else. Okay. Now, um, I'm actually guys, I usually like to do a 20 question game after we'll do kind of, we'll throw some questions in now for you guys too, uh, before we listen to your last song. And so everybody has different answers. I'm sure if they were do a movie of your guy's life, who would play you in that movie? Oh my goodness. Gracious. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jack Black was for me. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, go ahead, Marcus. I got to think about that one for a minute. Yeah, so do I. I mean, Christ, I don't know. Martin Short. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, listen, there's, you know, there's only a handful of guys that I can pick from. Um, so, um, Edris Alba obviously is the obvious choice to play me. I think that mm-hmm. if I love justice, um, it would not be Will Smith. So I can't stand Will Smith. So. I think it's Samuel Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's some days where I, you know, like enough for yeah. Yeah, but you, you'd have you'd have your whole life like narrated by Morgan Freeman, though. Right. right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, I yes. think we all would. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. So if I could put those three guys in the different 
Of my life, then we'll be <laughs> Bob Jordan, he showed me how to do this one time. There's a way you can put your GPS so it's Morgan Freeman. So he's telling you your directions. Turn, yeah, you know, that Morgan Freeman <laughs> voice. Turn left now. <laughs> I wish I could figure out how to do that. I, I just can't. <laughs> so we've been talking for a good guy, a while, guys. So what is we know music? We know a little bit about you guys, but what is a hidden talent that we don't know about? Oh, you guys go ahead with that one. I, uh, I, I, for me, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm really good with my hands when it comes to like doing any kind of mechanic work, stuff on cars, or okay. painting. Okay. Um, hidden talent for me. Uh, I like to bake, and 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 I like to work on cars. Um. But baking, I think, would be a hit. If I'm going to say it's a hidden talent, I would say baking is something that I, I, I can do. I can do okay. I can follow, I can follow a recipe. So you're so, supposed to, you're going to be bringing muffins for everybody in the next practice, right? I bring nothing for anybody. That's, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I don't do that. Um, Cupcakes but, all around, guys. You say you're hearing it now. You know, but if I had to, like if there was like a reality show and they were like, okay, like you need to bake something. I would be the guy volunteering to Vegas because I know that I can get it done. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so the band needs to know that. So if we're ever in a situation where we'll give you a million dollars if one of you can bake something, then that would be me, right? So, yeah, but that last batch of brownies you gave us, man, it made me feel funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was hallucinating, imagine. <laughs> it was that worth part, it, though. <laughs> yeah. There's that movie, uh, what was that, Euro Trip, where they're like, they thought they were eating hash brownies. It's not hash brownies, man. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys had, um, like, a, I guess, a bucket list as a band or individual, what's three things on your guys' bucket list? Oh, wow. You go ahead, Marcus. I don't... Uh... Uh, individually, for me, definitely visiting the pyramids in Egypt. Okay. That is high on my list. Um, a lot of this, a lot of them are uh, going to Machu Picchu as well, and just visiting the Amazon. Mm. And I guess a fourth one I'd have to throw that in. If I ever had the chance to go to Antarctica, I would go there as well, just to see the secret UFO bases that they have down there. Absolutely, right? absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. There you go. The giant hole to the other world. Exactly. Yeah. The, into you know <laughs> once once you, once you get over the firmament, you know it, it, it's all green. <laughs> right. The right. Savage land. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'll mirror. Uh, I will mirror Marcus's uh, uh, sci-fi uh, desire. I I too want to be on that trip to, to <laughs> see all the stuff that you know that they've been hiding. Yeah. Um, I intend to live forever, so there's no bucket list for me. I'm just going to get everything. <laughs> that's 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 my plan. That's 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 my plan. I, I've He's... always said I've always said if a vampire were like porn me, I say, listen, just get it done, <laughs> right, and let's just move on. I understand yeah. the risks. I know what I'm getting into. Just get it done and do it right. That 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 would that would be me, right? Now, now there was an article I read. Um, Google, I think it was Google. Had it had to be Google. They were actually trying to make a 
like a like, like an electronic clone where everything was artificial, right? So they had everything working. They had the heart. They had lungs. Get every they could get all that stuff working. They couldn't get the brain. They couldn't get a fit artificial brain to work yet or a nervous system. But but it's there. They're trying. So not saying that it won't happen in our lifetime. You know, it's I've seen I've seen Terminator and we got Elon Musk. So he he decided to go with Starlink. I know it's close. <laughs> Anything's possible now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if I had a Skynet, it's gonna be that guy right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Justin? Oh, for me, I guess I'd be the, I guess to travel to Ireland to see if there's anybody with the same last name as me still there. <laughs> <laughs> That's apparently the only place in the world that has other Laracies than than me, my dad, my brother, and my kids. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, to be like able to like, I guess, to open for some bigger name bands or even just do some shows with them would be great, be mm-hmm. awesome. Like so bands that, like Kill Switch <laughs> What band? What's your ideal band? Then that's a good question. What ideal band would you love to open for? Like Kill Switch Engage. Kill Switch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, then let's listen to your guys' last song. Which one you guys want to do? Let me oh, wow. Okay. I would say Born From Ice. Born From Ice? Okay. All right. Tell me. <laughs> I know I saw, I saw pictures of you guys were doing like a video in a cold or. Yeah. Yeah, it was damn cold that day. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first, one of the first videos that we did with uh, Pretty Okay Media. Mm-hmm. Um, month and, and i i chose the day but it was the best day out of a run of really fucking cold days <laughs> and it was still ridiculously cold um so that video if we look chilly it's because we were um we were all freezing our hands and fingers were numb um it was it was it was quite the chore to get the the, the video done um but we managed and uh so yeah there's uh we we were almost ice filming that mute everybody and we're gonna hear born from us just let me know when you hear it
the one I, I heard you guys before i put into the countdown and my kids were listening to it and i go that should be in game of thrones and, <laughs> and then, and then it just, and the same the same breath my son goes can i watch game of thrones i'm like no <laughs> I agree. Oh, we'll, take, we'll take the check absolutely. yeah absolutely right? <laughs> i don't know why I, I love the lead i love lead guitars in any song I mean, that's just my i love I just love that stuff because I love rock and roll and I love that they put it in there and you don't get it in like singer songwriter stuff. And uh, I'll let you guys hear something of, of mine here in a minute where I do that. Uh, but I love the lead and I don't know what made me think of it. I guess because of the little the, the, the dinging of the bells. I was like, more cowbell just came into my head. I was like, more cowbell. <laughs> 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 but another good song, guys. Really good. Thank Thanks. you. That, that's uh, one of Stephanie's uh, songs there. And uh, she penned that one. So she's she's yeah and actually on on yeah she wrote that one what 10 12 years ago or something like that and that's actually her playing the acoustic guitar on that track okay she uh sat down when we you know we talked about it and she brought the song in and uh it's like well here you know the part i don't have to learn it you already know it so we shoved the mic in front of her and and away she went so the only thing that that we added you know, guitar-wise, was the build-up part and and the lead, and, and the that's it. Vocals are one take. Just yeah. really, yeah. Like she played and then she got up and sang it. And that's <clears> one take. that's, so, that's yeah. really good. I had a a lady do that for me. I wrote a song as a rock song for female, and I can't sing a female rock song, obviously. So I, I paid her to come sing, and she hit it in one take, and I'm like, sing it again. I'm paying you. Damn, I gotta get my money worth. <laughs> Yeah. Now, in contrast, that lead that you heard on there, that was probably about 80 takes. Okay. <laughs> right. That, I mean, that oh, was splicing together. Yes. I, I, I know. I've seen, I know lead guitars <laughs> in the studio all the time. My, my, my band member would always do it. Like we play it live. Like I'm going to let you guys hear something in a second. It was, a, was practicing in the garage. It's great. Perfect take. Love the way he does the lead. He can't figure out how to do it again. I was like, damn it. <laughs> That's why I recorded it. I know yep. you guys. You always change the lead every time. <laughs> <laughs> but i want to thank you guys really for coming on the show i've had fun like i said it's this is how it works it's just a conversation type piece i love meeting bands when we do it live you guys in canada obviously can't come here to do it live but anytime we do like bands live what we do is i let them play i've got a little studio with drums and and amps and they play their songs live um 
Zoom won't let you do that. And plus you guys are probably in different areas right now anyway. But I really enjoyed our conversation and I'm, I'm glad I got to meet you guys and I love the music. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to let you hear something off the recording here in a second. But before I let you go, I do always have one more question. Uh, I usually do it at the end, but with bands, I kind of mix stuff in. Uh, what? Let's leave the show on the best advice you guys ever got. Oh, wow. For like personal or music? Uh, whatever your choice. It's your dime, you tell me. <laughs> uh, I'll let the other guys go first because they're, they're, I have a couple. But uh, okay. we'll, well, if I was to use my dad's wisdom, he would always, you know, <clears throat> it was always good advice as a teenager. You know, get it while you can because you might get hit by a bus tomorrow. <laughs> but as far as, you know, say band-wise or even personal-wise, for me, it was always just never give up on anything i mean despite you know anybody speaking negative or you know any detractors i mean stay focused on what you want to accomplish and just keep going i mean yeah i mean hell i'm 51 and i mean i'm still playing i'm still having a great time you know whether you know whether you know we make it big quote unquote or not to me just being able to play with these musicians and, and, you know, the experiences that we have to me, I've, you know, I've already made it personally. Right. Right. So to me that that's success, as long as we can, you know, put out product that we're proud of. So yeah, for me, it would just be, you know, don't give up on anything, just follow your dreams and, and somehow, some way the universe will find a way to make it happen for you. Okay. What about you, Justin? <laughs> kind of the same you know just just keep working at things never give up don't listen to what people have say say to you i've had those moments and uh i've oh, i've you know surprised a lot of people so i mean just <laughs> the way it is people will doubt you all your life as long as you keep doing what you feel is right usually you'll you'll, you'll show them the difference yeah i think for me uh, i yeah my dad had a lot of colorful advice um as a child too i think yeah I won't, I won't, I won't go there, but, uh, <laughs> some of it made sense. Some of it was like, nah, dad, you're on some shit. Um, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> I think the best, the best advice came from, from, I would dare say the movie, the matrix, when he goes to see the Oracle and the kids there and the kids bend the spoon and he's like, how are you doing that? And the kids like, there is no spoon. That to me was like a, a mind opening moment. <laughs> Um, just the fact that, you know, things and obstacles only appear tangible because someone has told you that it's tangible. So if there's no spoon, there's no, if there's no obstacle, then that means you can go ahead and do and more and make the situation that may appear to be a negative into a positive. And so I've taken hold of, of that line and that scene. Um, it's one of my favorite franchises to begin with, but... Um, but that when I first saw the movie, that one scene, I was like, oh, damn, that's like, that's so deep that there is no spoon. Um, and I totally got it. And so that for me has been uh, something I've carried with me and, and uh, it, it's helped. But also what the other guys are saying too, like, um, you're never too old. Um, you know, don't believe the hype. Don't believe this whole nonsense. You got to stop when you're 30, 40, 60, whatever, you know, age is nothing but a number. Um, you know, live your life do the things that you want to do, um, you know, and, and, and patience, 
patience is the biggest thing. Like, you know, like I tell my son all the time, like patience is the key. Rushing and trying to make things happen before their time is not the way to do it. You miss the journey. Yeah. Right. Patience, put the work in, get the experience. So when that opportunity comes, you're ready. Um, and so I, I give better advice than I probably take. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I would dare say that that one line from the Matrix is probably the best uh, advice that I've, I've had in a while. Okay. Now, it's funny. I've been doing this podcast for three years, and I've probably been asking these 20 questions like maybe a year. That's the first time I think I have had a movie quoted to me. <laughs> and, of course, it's sci-fi. So, But I love the Matrix, too. <laughs> It was, it was a prolific moment. It was one of those things that just like, hit, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, just, uh, yeah. At least you didn't go like, uh, what is it? Yoda, you know, there is no do. There's no yeah, there's yeah, only do. Yeah, there, there is no try, only do. Yeah, I didn't do that, right? Like, at, least, <laughs> at least I picked an obscure scene in a movie, right? I didn't just go with the popular meme there. Like, you know, I put a little <laughs> So that's that's good, and that's all good advice. And that's always how I like to end the actual recording for the show is is on is on advice for for anybody because a lot they may need to hear it. You never know. People tell you all the time that you know good, you're bad, you suck, whatever. You know, get, I tell you what, you get up here and you do what I'm doing. Even try, run your mouth, be my guest. You, you're welcome to the stage. There's a uh, lady here. Her name is Katie Coleman. She's got a, a band called Run Katie Run, and she's got a song called Fifteen Minutes. And it's basically, she's like, tell them you want my 15 minutes of fame. There you go. Take it. See what you can do with it. <laughs> yeah. And then shut the hell up. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you guys for, for coming on the show. I've had a good time. Thank you for having us, man. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Really okay. appreciate it. All right. Everybody, this is Georgia Songbirds, and that was Echo 7.